Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Thank you for your perseverance in these troubled times. Father, we commit your word to you. You inspired it. You protected it. You preserved it. You anointed it. We ask that you would speak to us by the power of your Spirit today, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul is addressing his son in the faith, and obviously by the Holy Spirit to all of us as followers of our Lord Jesus, as his children. He tells him in verse 6 of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, he reminded him, notice we have to be reminded, and he reminded him to stir up the gift of God. What was the gift of God? He said, which was in me, in you, through the laying on of my hands. We receive through the vehicle of other called out servants of God. You got this, Timothy. From the Lord, but it was through an agency of the laying on of my hands. Why do you think we have hands-on prayer here? Why do you think that when we uh, recognize somebody's ordination, there's the laying on of hands? Something is transferred. This is God's idea. We didn't make this up. Something is transferred through the agency of spiritual leadership to others whom God has called out to do certain things. We've got people in here who are called to, to uh, ministry in the marketplace. We've got people in here who are, who are all kind of various callings. I praise the Lord today for this, this word. I look back there at Brother Donnie. I don't know if he even saw me, but I felt like the Lord had a word through him today. And he was uh, faithful enough to speak that word of encouragement to all of us, the deep, God is calling us in, our, in the depths of our inner man to hear his voice, deep, calling to deep. Thank you for being faithful with that word and operating in order. God bless you. I remind you, he says, stir up. Notice he wasn't waiting on God to stir him up. God had already given him the gift. He said, you stir up the gift of God. Bring to remembrance. Get, get before the Lord and bring to remembrance what is yours. Whether or not this was the very presence of the Holy Spirit or whether it was special gifts or gift, gifting that was given to him, we do know that he became the pastor of the church of Ephesus. For God, verse 7, has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a what? A mindset, a thought, or a spirit. Please understand that there is a personality, a spiritual personality that empowers fear. It's not just a feeling and emotion that comes and goes. 
there is a very real spiritual personality who provides the energy for fear. That's the reason it's so dangerous. That's the reason it's so deep and so difficult to deal with sometimes. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Everybody say this with me. Whatever fear I have didn't come from God. And if it didn't come from God, no, I don't want it. Wouldn't that make sense? God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, here's the definition of fear I believe the Lord gave me. It is a spiritual force, not a thought or an emotion, although it uses thoughts and emotions. It is a spiritual force that projects an undesired result. Oh, I don't have much money in my, well, I wonder if I'm going to go broke. I wonder if I'm going to lose my business. Oh, I don't feel so good. I wonder if I'm going to die. I, I wonder if I'm going to uh, spiral down in this sickness and that'll be it. I wonder if life is over for me. I wonder if my children are always going to act like this. I wonder if I will never see what I've been praying for till I go on to be with God. I wonder it is a projecting of an undesired result that conflicts with the forces of life. What are the forces of life? Faith. Hope and agape, unrelenting, unconventional love. Those flow out of the heart of God. Those are forces of life. Death operates in the cycle of, uh, fear operates in the cycle of death. Empowered by a spirit being. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, dunamis, explosive power, the explosive power that can break down strongholds, the explosive power that can make a crater for the love of God to flow, it, and of love, agape, unconditional love. God has given us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. A mind that is not going here and there and up there and down here. It, is, it, is, it has order in it. An ordered mind. Everybody say, I could use that right now. I said, everybody say, I could use a sound mind right now. Well, God has given it to you. He is the author of a sound mind of power, love, and a sound mind. What a great way to pray for people, including ourselves. Listen, this ought to be one of the greatest declarations you make over your life on a daily basis. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You watching any news lately? You listening at reports? You listening to how the world is forecasting? Remember, listen, the agent of fear is a forecaster of disaster. He will always tell you what will destroy your peace, destroy your health, destroy your finances, destroy everything good that God gives you. He is a forecaster of disaster. In the middle of the night, a thought of fear will come, and it's always about something being destroyed or not working right or lost. Remember, Jesus said the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
all the good gifts of God, your peace, your love, your sound mind, your financial provision, your strength, your health, your family. The enemy is always a forecaster of disaster. Recognize his voice quickly and stand right up in your spirit and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Everybody say that with me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Keep on speaking. If it's not faith, it's displeasing to God. If it doesn't have hope in it, it's the voice of the evil one. And if it's not saturated in love, it doesn't come from God. Well, where does fear come from? See, even though we know it's a spiritual force that forecasts, it projects an undesired result. It's amazing how if we allow those those undesired results to stay in the realm of our soul called our mind, if we allow that to stay, we begin to accept the forecaster of disaster, and we start speaking in line with the forecaster of disaster. We start speaking in line with the voice of the evil one. It has to be dealt with. This is war. This is spiritual war. You can't live a day in this culture without having to face fear. It doesn't come from God. We have to deal with it aggressively. Where does it come from? Well, it comes from a negligence or a refusal to believe the Word of God. Let's go back to where we saw fear first come into existence. Genesis chapter 3 is where I am. I'm going to go through this quickly, but remember when God created Adam and Eve, He blessed them with His very life, His love, His grace, His supernatural empowerment. And God said to them, have dominion. There's one, one tree in this beautiful garden that you can't eat. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, people say, well, why did God do that? Uh, understand this, people. God's very character is love. God is love. You cannot have love without choice. You cannot have. God's desire was for his children to love him and to, to love him eternally. And he has made all these wonders, but he will not overcome your will and make you choose to love him. So given that choice and given what he commanded them to do, remember what the serpent does, the forecaster of disaster? You remember what happened? He approached Eve and he said, did God really say you shall not eat at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He always starts with a question. There is a mighty movement across the whole world today to get even believers to question the Word of God. It is eternal. It is unchanging. 
It is to question the Word of God, to put a question mark where God has put a period. It always begins that way. I wonder if He really does love me. I wonder if He really did speak in His Word. I really, if He does, want the best for me. And that's the plant, the planted thought that the evil one put into Eve. Has God really said that? And Eve said, we, he, he told us that if we did this, we would die. We'd be separated from this fellowship and blessing that we've been given. And the evil one said, you won't die. No. In fact, he says what happens is if you, God knows that if you do this, you'll be like him. You don't have to submit and serve and obey. You can be sovereign. And that is the devil's lie every day in some way. You can be sovereign. You can take, of your, you can take care of your own finances. You can run your own marriage. You, you, you can oversee your own children. You don't need God to, to accomplish this. That's the, the heart of the lie is unbelief. God doesn't really want the best for me. I do. And notice when Adam and Eve chose to disobey, notice what the first manifestation was. Verse 7, after they partook and disobeyed, the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves. Shame came in. And they made themselves coverings, thinking that somehow that would protect them. How many of you know we, when we disobey God and we're, we have broken fellowship with Him, we try to do things that will cover up our disconnect. And verse 8 says, And then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Do you, do you understand that when we decide not to obey the Lord, our first reaction is to hide ourselves, to run and then the Lord called to them, verse 9, and he said, Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was what? I was what? Understand that the first manifestation of unbelief, of walking out of line with what God says, is fear. The first manifestation of a separation of fellowship is fear. Shame, fear, retreat. So understand that the agent of that fear, that spiritual force of fear, was Lucifer, the devil, Satan. And when Adam and Eve chose to refuse to submit to the love and the blessing of their God and obedience to Him, Fear manifests itself. They took on part of the characteristics of the evil one. I sure am glad that, you know, a lot of people preach that and they never uh, finish the story. God pursued them out of the garden. I said God pursued them out of the garden and still spoke to them and dealt with them and blessed them. But they had to come to grips with their own unbelief. That's what connects us to the lie of the liar. John 8, 44, Jesus said it like this. 
the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Lies are rooted in the very character of the devil. Well, fear connects us. Can I tell you this? If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God has placed the Spirit, His very Spirit inside of you. God does not take that gift back based on your performance. You can turn it in. You ever taken a gift back? But God doesn't take it away from you. You'd have to do that yourself. There's still a witness somewhere on the inside of you of the presence of the Lord, regardless of how far away you run. But a lot of things that you do will have at its root fear. Fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of, you name it, it's got fear on it somewhere at the root. Most of the roots that we have of our own disobedience has fear in it somewhere. But recognize this, <clears throat> that there's one who loves you and will not give up on you. Can anybody say amen to that? Don't get to thinking that the enemy is stronger than God Almighty. So we know where fear originates through unbelief. We connect with the, well, let me just finish this by saying that. <clears throat> you are not the devil's child if you're born again. But you can operate under his influence. You may not be possessed by the devil, but you can be oppressed by the devil. The devil may not live in your heart of hearts, but he can still be pulling strings in your mind and emotions in that realm of your soul as it relates to your thinking, feeling, and choosing. And you can be under his influence and the best way to get under the influence of the evil one is to live in fear. That's his territory. How easy it is today to walk under the influence of the spirit of fear. Understand that although the, the origin is, is unbelief and connecting with the influence of the evil one, the operation of fear is it is fueled. It's empowered by the spirit. We've said that, the spirit of fear. There is a spirit of fear. We read it right at the beginning, 2 Timothy 1.7. How does that work? How does the spirit of fear begin to get influence in the life of a believer? How can that happen? You're born again in your heart, and your spirit man is born again. But you not only have a spirit, you have a soul, a mind. 
volition, a, a, a will. You have emotions. And what happens is in the realm of our mind, we see pictures, we hear the forecaster of disaster, we see it on the news, we see it, we, we, we see it in circumstances. Maybe when you look at your checkbook, when you go to the doctor, you can see and hear thoughts that immediately signal fear. What happens is the longer we let those thoughts stay without opposing them by the truth of the Word of God, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The longer we allow those thoughts to stay in the realm of our mind, our emotions respond to our thoughts. Uh-oh, we start feeling that anxiety. We start feeling that anger. You know, anger is a close cousin of fear. Whenever we start to think we're losing control of something we want to happen, then we can get fearful and angry. But the longer those thoughts of fear stay in our mind, those forecasts, our emotions will begin to respond to those. And before you know it, our volition will say yes to what our mind is thinking and our emotions are feeling. And now we've got choices being made. We've got the words of our mouth saying, well, you know what, this, is, this always turns into disaster for me. I'll never be able to have anything. If anything bad is going to happen, it'll happen to me. And you start using your volition to form your words on the basis of thoughts, memories, feelings, and you're under the influence of fear before you know it. Our mind, our emotions, our volition, our will. But how many of you know it doesn't just come from the outside, it can come from within. I don't know about you, but many times, on many occasions, I've had whispers into the realm of my mind. Not in my spirit, man, that's born again. That's God territory. But you can actually, in your soul, why would that surprise you that the enemy can make whispers to you? He's a spirit being, and so are you. You live in a body, but you are a spirit. And the enemy can do a whisper of fear to you, and will do it consistently. It's not going to happen for you. You'll never see it. Spirit of fear has a voice, and it affects our soul. So what do we do about it? If God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, what do we do about it? Understand this is war. Turn with me to, to the back, to 1 John 4. I want to show you something here. 1 John 4. You say, well, pastor, I know that I've got to do this, 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 and this. The first thing is not something you start out doing. The first thing is something you begin to realize and recognize and declare is the truth. 
First John chapter 4 is a powerful passage. God used this passage to change my life, my late 40s. A, a powerful spirit of fear had been operating for many years in me, and I didn't recognize it. But when I began to deal with it, the Lord surprised me by what was the antidote for it. I thought it was just having more faith. He corrected me. First John chapter 4, verse 16. We have known and believed that love, that word is agape, God's unconditional, unrelenting love. We believe. Do you believe the love of God? That he has for you have you just heard it as a as something uh, as a mental fact or do you really believe the love of God the Bible says that you are accepted in the beloved the Lord Jesus God says he is he sees you as holy and righteous and blameless and loved and accepted and forgiven in an heir and a joint have you received it do you believe it is it mental information or is it spiritual revelation? We have known and believed the love which God has for us. God is love. He's motivated by love. It's the heart of his character. It is the essence of his being. It is his love, his unconditional, unrelenting love. Not based on our performance, but on his own heart. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You know, one day you're going to stand before the Lord and it's going to be the mark of your the mark of your integrity, the mark of your character, the mark of your reward will be that you receive the love of God. My, my. We can have boldness in the day of judgment. If you know you're loved, you can have that boldness. If you don't know you're loved, you're, you're, you don't. Because as He is, as He is, as Jesus is, as the love of God that is personified in Jesus as he is, so are we in this world, perfectly loved. In this world, perfectly loved. Pastor Jerry and I and I were talking again this week. We had a great meeting together. And, and I said, that, I say this all the time. There is nothing beyond the love of God. Maybe those you are praying for, maybe you ought to go before heaven and say, God, however it takes, whatever it takes, I pray for that one that I, I want them to come face to face with the love of God. Romans says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Ask the Lord to give your loved one revelation of his love. That will draw them. You do know that coercion, fear, and shame do not work. Do, does not work. Motivates nobody. It has no eternal consequences. It doesn't even work in the short or long term. 
I don't care where that comes from. Coercion and shame and fear don't work. They're not rooted in the love of God. They, all, they will backfire. What does that have to do with mine and your relationships with other people? Coercion, fear, and shame will drive a person away. The love of God is an irresistible magnet that pulls a person over time to a place of willingness to hear the Lord. Love is not acceptance of everything somebody tries to do or decides. Love cares enough to warn those who are about to go over the bridge that there's deep water down there. Love doesn't mean that every choice somebody makes is okay. But it does mean that there is an unrelenting, supernatural God who loves them and never gives up on them and desires fellowship with them. So how do we overcome in this war against fear? First of all, we have to realign our heart and recognize the power of the love of God. And that comes through worship. Expressions of love to the Lord. We've been doing this this morning. Expressions of love. You don't have to do it just corporately. Do it personally as well. Worship the Lord. Give Him praise and honor and glory with your own heart and your own mouth. Take in His Word. Take in His Word. Some people say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in the Bible. We don't worship the Bible, but we worship the Lord of the Bible. And it is this word that gives us testimony about who Jesus is and what he's like. Jesus said he believed the word. Not one jot or tittle of this word, this old, this law, this word that I have. And to him, the Old Testament, not one of it will pass away forever. Jesus said, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. So you can't believe and follow Jesus if you don't believe and follow his word. Realign your heart to worship and the word by prayer. What a gift prayer is. It's the house of it's the house of God. It's the place where God will meet with you in that place of prayer. I said God will meet with you. No, I said God will meet with you in a place of prayer. There's no indication from the Word of God that He wouldn't do it when we come by faith into His house of prayer. We connect with God by works of love and compassion. Renew our mind. Realign our heart. Renew our mind. I love Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world. Does the word of God have more influence in our lives 
than the word of the media. Do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed. Be renewed by listening to everything you hear. Be renewed. The renewing of your mind to the word of God. God calls that an act of worship. Realign your heart, renew your mind, and realign your words. Why is that so important? (laughs) You do understand that you had to say something to be saved, didn't you? Hmm? Romans 10, 9 and 10. What does it say? Verse 10 says, it's with your heart that you believe that results in your right standing, but it's with your mouth mouth that you confess that leads to your sozo, your salvation, your deliverance, your healing, your, hmm, how about that? Whoever believes in his heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, shall be saved. Matthew 12, 37 says this, by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Are you speaking words that are in line with the forecaster of disaster, or are you speaking words that go to war with those words and are the words of God? Ephesians 4.29 says it like this, Do not let any rotten word proceed from your mouth. Now there's a challenge, isn't it? Do not let any rotten word, if something's rotten, is no good. Let no, unre- no rotten word proceed out of your mouth except that which is good for edification, for building somebody up, which gives grace to the hearers. All of us are ministers of grace. It may be in your office, it may be in your vehicle, it may be in your school, it may, wherever it is, especially in your home, we're ministers of grace, God's favor. And do you know how the ministry of grace is conducted? Through what you say to somebody else. You carry grace on your words, grace the word says here in verse 29 that it edifies, it builds up. So are we building up or tearing down? Look, if we start, if we start speaking out of line with the truth, it's going to happen. Just be quick to repent. Just to say, you know what, I blew that. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness, and if you've offended somebody else, ask their for. for for their forgiveness, and then flush it. And I don't have to tell you what you flush, but it'll pollute you. It's waste. If it's not flushed out of your body, you'll eventually die. Where did you get that? First John 1, 7, if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. We don't just need forgiveness, we need cleansing. 
And that comes by humbling ourselves and confessing our sin. Can I ask you this? Would you go on this journey with me? Would you ask the Lord to reveal to you? I've been doing this. I've done it many, many times, and I've done it again this week. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where there's pockets of fear? Your spirit man don't have any fear. You've got the Holy Spirit in there. He is Lord. But our souls can have fear. Our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, our choices. Go on this journey with me and ask the Lord, Lord, where's, where's their, their packets, uh, pockets of fear in my soul? And don't argue with the Lord when he shows you. Just say, you're right. Help me to see it. And then ask for this. Ask for greater revelation of the love of God. Look at verse 18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love does what? Cast out fear. Do you know the way to get rid of fear? Ask the Lord to give you greater revelation of his love for you. Well, I'm speaking to fear, and you should. I'm talking this, and I'm doing that. Well, you should, but you know what? The main way you need to get rid of fear is to do what 1 John 4.18 says, and that is embellish the love of God in you. In you. God, thank you. You saw me before I was ever born, and you loved me. You saw every choice I was ever going to make, and you chose me anyway. When I sit down and when I rise up, you know all of that. The very hairs of my head are numbered. You know all there is to know about me, and you love me with all your heart. You show me grace and mercy and kindness, and you call me in Christ. You choose to see me in Christ holy and righteous and beloved and accepted and forgiven and redeemed, an heir and a joint heir, more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And all of that is born out of the love of God for you. Not on the basis of how you're acting at the moment, but on the basis of how God has eternally acted on your behalf. The love of God. Give us greater revelation, Lord. Give us greater revelation. Show me where there's fear and remind me to apply the love of God in that area. The love of God will heal you from all fear. It will cast that fear out. So we're all on a journey, right? I hadn't arrived. Have you? I said I hadn't arrived. Have you? Well, I was wondering if I was going to be preaching to anybody here. Go to the Lord and ask for greater revelation of His love. It's the power to change everything. Let's all stand. We're in a war, folks. We're in a war every day. Would you make a decision between you and the Lord today? Right where you are. Father, I choose 
that the Word of God is the truth and you have not given me a spirit of fear. Say it right now with me. In the name of Jesus, I declare the Word of God is my truth. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. God saw me. He loved me. He chose me. He called me. He redeemed me. He forgave me. He empowered me. He gifted me. He gave me a destiny. In Jesus' name, I am who the Word of God says that I am. I can do what the Word says I can do. I will have what the Word of God says I will have. In Jesus' name, I say no more fear. No more fear. I will not be subject to the lies of the evil one. The Word of God is my truth, my shield, my buckler, my strong tower. In Jesus' name, I receive the Word of God, the truth of God, the love of God for my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.